your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. Helps if I hit that button. All right, try it again. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. Friday, the weekend is coming. It's super cold out. Looked at the weather. It's not going to be cold out tomorrow. It's going to be like 36 degrees. Unless I looked at the wrong section of the country. But apparently it's going to be it's going to be pretty nice out. Today, not so nice. In fact, it was the coldest day of the winter, according to the National Weather Service. They just posted on their Facebook page. Always interesting updates on the National Weather Service of La Crosse Facebook page throughout the day. Always throwing something up there. It's pretty cool. I often try at the last minute be like what are you guys doing right now you want to come in and talk because the weather just it's the weather it's happening right now i want you to talk about the thing that's happening right now because you know they're, they're trying to predict something is happening tomorrow or the next day are going to be totally wrong but right now and they're always really like this is a terrible time to try to get somebody on at the last minute but uh, one of these days i'll probably i'll probably grab them and, and have them come talk about just all the stuff they do um and facebook page is pretty pretty fun to check out there's always interesting facts and updates and records set so the the latest pay, story or post they put up is today negative 16 degrees at the lacrosse regional airport the coldest temperature of this winter so the 1920 winter um and they said it typically occurs uh january 21st so we're you know a month about almost a month ahead of the ahead of that or Behind that, however you want to look at it, and they, th- this was interesting to me: the earliest date that it was the coldest of the winter. So, the coldest day of the winter, the earliest date, November twenty eighth, back in nineteen thirty and thirty one, and back in nineteen seventy seven and seventy eight, the year it was born. Uh, so, could you imagine if it was the coldest date you had of all winter was November twenty eighth? How amazing would that be? Just sounds like, and then they didn't have the temperature, so I don't know what the temperature. You know, if it was like negative 50 then that would be amazing it was negative 50 on november 28th but then there would be a lot of cold days after that that wouldn't break that record i could so i could see this this date being skewed a little bit but the latest that the coldest day of the winter the at the latest date uh occurred on march 4th in 2001 2002 so that would be sad too if if it's march 4th and it's like negative 15 degrees out you're like thinking about putting your plants outside and what to, uh, you know, if you're growing plants in the house. So they also put, posted that there are only 14 winters that have seen their coldest temperatures occur on or after Valentine's Day, which is today too, right? Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And I think these records go back to 1872. So kind of, kind of been taking that record for a while. 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. If you want to get in here and shoot me a text. Sorry, Phil. I don't have any control over the automated thank you for using the Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. It confused me the first time I saw it as well. But... uh I don't know. That, that, and that's the only text you sent me. So you just, you texted to complain about, uh, it never gets old. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. We're going to go to the phones here. Uh, yeah. Who's this? This is number three. I was wondering what the temperature was in your house this morning when you got up. In my house? Yeah. 
58. The thermostat's at 58, and the battery hasn't died. It's stuck at 58, yeah. Well, I got it at 58. I mean, there. I got a fireplace, so I can throw some fire. Not, You know, in the morning, though, that fire would have been out. Okay, you're tough. I'm tough. Uh, the girlfriend, not so happy about 58. The dog loves it at 58. <laughs> so there's, there's always that. Uh, did you remember it was Valentine's Day today? I did, but I didn't until after I left the house. So... So you didn't get her nothing yet? Well, I did, but I just told her to, it's in the basement. Go get it. <laughs> oh, where'd you go? Hoka Hardware? <laughs> yeah, of course. No, the other one, the Three Rivers, what, whatever that is. Oh, okay. The, well, the supply you're shop a high there. roller now, then. Welcome to the club. You're a high roller. <laughs> I'm a high roller at the Hoka yeah. Hardware store. Okay, keep your powder dry then right. right now. All right, thanks for the call. Number three, always harassing me. Uh, we're going to talk to Grant Bills and WKTY, our through-the-wall segment that we don't have imaging for yet. Should ask somebody to do that again. Uh, what were we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about Grandma's Gateway a little bit. I'm going to clue Grant in on some some um, local issues. Grant's a college kid. He's at UWL. And I just uh, remembering back when I was in college, I went to Stevens Point. Never thought about anything going on in the city of Stevens Point. I was just a college kid. And then, you know, get older, you start paying attention to stuff when you actually start living in a in an area. Oh, this stuff's oh, this stuff's going on. But it seems like the people around that trail under Granddad Bluff or around Granddad Bluff didn't even know what was going on. And whose fault is that? Is it is it their fault for not paying attention to city meetings? Is it the city's fault for not going door to door in some manner and telling them, hey, we're going to put a trail system in the uh, land that we own in your backyard? I mean, it is their land, right? It's not the, the, the homeowner's land. So, I mean, do, do, they, have, do they have a gripe with uh, a trail system going in their backyard? They had to rezone some lots in that neighborhood to make access points to these trails. So maybe homeowners have a gripe about that. Hey, you can't rezone. This is a, a neighborhood. You can't just be rezoning things. But city council voted 9-3 to three yesterday. So, yeah, we'll talk to Grant about that. I think he, Grant wants to talk about the Houston Astros and the baseball cheating scandal that happened a couple years ago and, and just how, how we view that. And, you know, do we view that because it's Astros, we're mad at them, or because if it were the Brewers, then it would be fine? I don't know. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll be back. we got to hit news right now with Brad Williams. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. I'm on, Grant, so whenever you're ready. <laughs> Grant's on break right now. He's coming back. We'll tune in to him uh, in a couple of minutes if I did the board right. I forgot that I had to double-check the board to make sure that I did it right. So hopefully that works. 608 785 7914, the Sugarloaf Forward talking text line if you want to get in here. Uh, pretty fun week. We had Tim Grinke in here a couple days ago, District Attorney of Lacrosse, and then he had a busy day yesterday. If you check out the wisdomnews.com website, um, just the story on 21 year old woman who got probation uh, for battery against a policeman, and she's been had a couple of the murders in lacrosse. She's not that she's been exactly involved, but when you're witnessing these, and I don't know, it's kind of it's, it's a it's a little 
interesting. So, but the the district attorney and the judge agreed that she should get probation and let her uh, try to fi figure it out, figure her life out. All right, here we go. Grand Bills is back. I'm po I'm potting them up. Uh, you're probably talking about rules and regulations or law or statutes of limitations. Is that what's statutes going on over there today, Rick? Actually, I was just talking about the Monica Thompson uh, case that went through the courts yesterday. So you're talking about legal things over there? A little bit. Well, she's a 21-year-old who, who got uh, arrested for battery of a police officer, and she's been uh, in... She's been a witness or at a couple of these murders that have happened in the f last five years in yeah. the cross. And she got probation yesterday uh, for battery of a police officer, essentially. And, and you know, it's always quite like, really, probation? She's, you know, like, but she's not charged with anything else. She pleaded down. She pleaded out of some some charges, and then she took this one. So two years probation, and if she gets, if she's does that to, you know, Without any errors or whatever you want to breaking her probation, yeah, she'll be uh, fine. They'll, they'll they'll take the record. They'll take the uh, charges off her record. Well, so. I'm I'm sure if she's been willing to cooperate in the past and and help out with some of these other cases, they're a little bit more lenient. But I know a lot of people with law enforcement in lacrosse uh, typically tend to get a little bit frustrated with uh, light sentencing. Is that the right way to put it? And I'm sure that's something you talk about a lot it's, over there. It's not even sentencing. It's uh, when they get arrested. Before they actually get go to court, whether they're guilty or innocent, they mm -hmm. get probation. They get uh, what bail bail bonds. Yeah. So we talked about that earlier this week. You know, did they get a signature bond? Did they get out on bail? Did they get out on cash bond? And um, because that's a very there's big discrepancies on if someone's a millionaire and they get arrested, they're not they're going to be able to make bond or bail. Yeah. They're just because they're a millionaire. So the way it but, works. But if you get arrested. The judges kind of figure out how much money you make. Hey, now, don't assume, don't assume how much money I can or cannot fork up for bail, Rick. Let's let's be. But I, I, I have imagined whatever you're assuming, you're you're probably right. On, but actually. that's what I mean. But that's that's how this works. The judge has the judge and the prosecutors have to figure out. Yeah. What should we set? Because are you a danger? Of course. And then you know if you're a danger, it's going to be higher or maybe no bail at all. You don't get out. But and then like how you know about how much money. Are you worth that if you have to pay this money, are you going to stick around? Yeah, so, and, and you're not a flight risk, all those types of things. Yeah, I, I know most of uh, the ins and outs of how our justice system works through TV, so I guess that just means I don't know the ins and outs uh, of, our, <laughs> of our justice system. Rick, I so, was kind of joking that you're always arguing with your callers over there, and you were telling me that our community right now is kind of split on one particular issue, a local issue, uh, that you were talking about I don't today. Even, I don't even know if the community is split there's a community in lacrosse okay that has uh you know one opinion and then i think maybe most of the rest of the community would be have the other opinion is it's called grandma's gateway so i'm sure a lot of your li listeners that live in lacrosse they're probably outdoorsy people yeah um they're gonna put a trail system of blow and around granddad's bluff called grandma's gateway uh you know it's gonna and it's gonna connect with the rest of the trail system it's pretty cool like awesome more trails like how can we not want more trails well yeah. a neighborhood you know in in the area right you know below that bluff mm -hmm. they don't want the trails there because that means there's going to be uh trail access they're going to put a trail access point in that area of course yeah so that means more traffic in their neighborhood they don't want that i don't think there's sidewalks in their neighborhood so you know if you're out jogging or even walking or walking your dog you're in the road so now if there's more 
people driving to and from trails, that's going to be a little bit of a dilemma. I don't know if it's going to jack traffic up that much. Like, I, how many people are going to take a hike at once? Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know. And it's uh, the 29th Street South is is one of those areas that's that's going to get rezoned. Yeah, it's it's a really nice neighbor. I like taking. It's weird because this is exactly what people hate and what the people of this neighborhood hate. But if you ever just take a cruise down 29th, like sometimes we'll go up on that bluff up above Central, uh, up above like where State Road cuts back, and we'll go up on one of those bluffs and there's some smaller trails and smaller little parking spots, but it's nothing big, but like, it's a beautiful road to just slowly kind of take a cruise. It's a really nice neighborhood. So I get why they'd want to preserve it. I just don't know. Like, are that many people trying to take a hike at the same time? Like, would it be that big of a deal? But I understand their concern for their neighborhood and their own property. Like that's how neighborhoods work. I mean, some of the other arguments are not only traffic, but they're worried about erosion in the bluffs behind them. And will big rocks be, Rolling down the hills and into their homes, you know, sure. at some point, which, okay, you know, they're citing studies that, that this may occur, but um, the mayor was in here on Monday talking about, well, A, we're going to have experts putting these trails in. B, there's already trails in there because they're called rogue trails. They're yeah. just people that make their own trail systems. And those are a lot more dangerous for erosion than just actual trails that, you know, like the DNR or or, you know, city people that with expertise in, in that would be putting in. So. Of course. It's it's interesting, Rick, because I speaking of the bluff up above Central High School, which I don't know, is there a name for that bluff? It's just the one south of Granddad's, like the big the big one, right? Uh, I'm sure I'll uh, callers, if you know, text me 608-785-7914. I'll let you know. I don't I don't know, honestly. So let's start a debate about what the bluff is named, uh, first and foremost. But like we like to go up there because it's a little bit quieter, it's a little bit more Naturey, for lack of a better word, than Granddad's Bluff mm-hmm. uh, and maybe Rim of the City. And like, I'm I'm a UWL student. For, for your listeners, you might not know. So we, we go up we, there. We were ripping on you before the okay. uh, show. So fair. Okay. Before so you came so they know. We like to go up there, and there's a trail that that goes straight up the hill, and that's where like the designed trail is. There's a little parking lot, and you can go right up. But then there's another trail that goes to the left, and there's a private property sign there, and it goes up through this person's backyard like Mm -hmm. it goes right through their backyard the problem is this trail is like so perfect like the other one's roundabout and it takes you up and around and this trail that goes through the backyard is is like it's it's perfect and from when i've been up there people use it they just kind of ignore the the private property sign just because the trail is so big like it gets used by everyone and i'm pretty sure these homeowners are like constantly in their backyard like like, hey, this is private property, and I'm pretty sure people just do it anyway. So I don't know if, if so, like, necessarily, I'm, like, people are already walking through backyards, I think, to access certain points on the bluff, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Like, and if you don't put an access trail to these new trail systems below Grandad Bluff in there, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're going to have people parking in your street on the side of the road and then just, yeah, probably hiking between houses to get back there. Just getting quickly through the yard and back out of their yard, right? Just passing through real quick. Just put your nose down yeah. and, and get back into the woods. Cause I think a lot of that already like goes on, especially with probably college kids who are just out exploring uh, or out just enjoying a nice Saturday. It and goes they just on at my house. Well, yeah, exactly. People are just trying to get into the woods to enjoy lacrosse. So. Into the woods. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think maybe like an organized trailhead would be better, but that's also really tough to tell people who actually live along the edge of that area, you know? So I understand. Yeah. I think it's a simple, to, to me, if you, you, people want to argue that, Oh, there's going to be more traffic. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, oh, there's going to be erosion. Eh, right. Oh, right. Over. Probably not. But um, okay. maybe the traffic thing, but also like, um, I have this cool, pristine woods in my backyard. It's not owned by me. It's like state land or city land or whatever. 
I, I just I like it to be now. There's going to be dudes biking on their mountain bikes through there. I don't want that. Like that's essentially it. Like I don't. I want to live in the woods, and I don't want people in my backyard like hiking and biking through there. Maybe, it might be that simple. Is and it, I don't want people driving around more in my neighborhood. Yeah. Is it directly in their backyard though? Like I'm sure the access point would probably like between two houses or something yep. but wouldn't the trail then kind of like go back into the woods like that would right. it's not like they're building trails exclusively in people's yards like obviously right. you can't do that right and there's empty lots in that area so they're putting uh some access points in those lots that's what the rezoning meeting the rezoning vote was for the city council last night and they did that nine to three nine was the minimum they needed a nine to three that's the minimum amount of votes they can get to rezone this uh these plots so they're going uh, forward with it. Yeah, and so there's and there's going to be a trail system. It's a, it's you know, it's not like a we're going to put a little hiking trail right in your backyard like opposite of a sidewalk, you know? Yeah. It's not that. It's going to be a system like oh way, way out in the backyard, but if I can vote against having more traffic in my neighborhood, I'm just going to do that. Yeah, and and I understand where where that concern comes from. Unfortunately, it's kind of like the entire community versus that one neighborhood, which is probably why it's going to end up going through and I'm gonna like I'm gonna let you and your listeners like debate because I'm pretty sure that's all you ever do over there is just you get yelled at by your callers uh, and you just kind of like we you have just take it we have conversations you have conversations that's a better way to put it I wanted to get your thoughts because we're going to talk about the Houston Astros this whole cheating scandal because that's kind of dominated sports for the last few weeks outside of a, an occasional game maybe in the NBA here and there I'll, I'll set it up because I, I have the bare bones knowledge of the exactly. Houston Astros scandal and you can tell me if I'm wrong please the do. Astros won the World Series in 2017 correct Yes. During that season, maybe mostly during the playoffs, they had somebody in the they had a camera in center field checking out what the catcher would put down for pitches, right? Essentially, yep. like two is his curveball, one is a fastball, and it's more complicated than that, but in that little league's the last time I played baseball and it <laughs> well, was two you, one. You, you basically got it. That's And and once the the person running the camera or the feed of the camera went to the dugout of the Astros or somewhere in the Astros area, Somebody figured out what the pitch was and then told the guy in the dugout, hey, curveball. And then if it was a curveball, the guy would bang a garbage can in the dugout. And the hitter, if he heard that banging, he knew a, you know, a curveball was coming. Yeah, that's, Essentially. that's it exactly. And then okay. there were some allegations that Al- Jose Altuve and a couple other players might have actually been wearing a device like on their arm that vibrated. So they could be alerted that way so as well. So they got they went silent, right? No more garbage can. Yeah. People are starting to figure out we're beating a garbage can every time I throw a curveball. Yeah. Well, how about if I put a little shock on my nipple and then uh, you know get wired up. Grant's in the dugout. I'm up to bat. Grant's in the dugout. Knows the curveball's coming because the other guy in center field relayed it to him. Grant sends the shock to my nipple and then psh, ah, I get a shock. I know a curveball's coming. That's that's exactly it. And it sounds like a lot of major league players knew this was going on. Like everybody kind of knew. What, but what I want to know, happened. Grant. Yeah. What I want to know is when you have the shocker and I'm just out. I'm playing center field, right? And you just want to f with me. <laughs> All of a sudden, like a a, a, a lollygag fly ball comes out the center field and you just hit it. Psh, ah, oh, I'm trying to catch Grant. Come on, man. We're just gonna trying mess to- with you while you're trying to you know catch a routine. Yeah, did they fly. did they hit El? Altuve with the shocker just in random t- at random point. You see Altuve out. What is he? A second baseman. You see yeah. him like like he's getting shocked, jumping but it's around. in between pitches and he's playing defense, jumping around. Exactly. That's what I want to know. Can we get to Altuve and get him to spill the beans on that? We want to know the more the more boring details of the cheating scandal. What was it like on a random Tuesday night in Miami, or I guess it would be in in Houston because that's where their technology was. Yeah. Not in the postseason. Like I want to know day to day. Like what did you guys do to just mess around with? 
each other. But <laughs> we're going to talk more about this Astros cheating scandal over here. Rick, okay. you're going to you're going to argue with your listeners about. I, I'm about going back to issues. Grandma's Gateway. I think a little bit. I think well, I got I got a caller waiting, so I'm going to try to get this call before I hit news. <laughs> I got you, Rick. Right. Thanks, Thanks for the Grant. time. Yep. Have a good one, Rick. That's All Rick right. Solom. All right, we're going to go. We're going to just call her. I, I don't know who this is. Caller, you're on the air. Who is this? Uh, Stevie. Hey, Stevie, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I believe that you were, if you were wondering about that bluff, I worked at Schmitty's for 44 years, and I believe it's called Hedgehog. Okay, Hedgehog. How, sure about, if, what is, how about this? Is, I'm looking at the Google map. Cliffwood Bluff, is that too far south? Um, Does that even sound familiar? I just know that. Hedgewood is, I mean, uh, Hedgehog is is south of of Granddad, and okay. it's it's behind Schmitty's Bar and Restaurant, which is kind of like you were saying behind Central. So that's all I wanted to say. Sure. If you guys okay. were wondering, maybe maybe somebody else would call in and let you know. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Stevie. All right, thanks for the call. We're, yeah, and I see there's a couple other bluffs here. If anyone wants to just inform me of all the names of the bluffs, I'm looking at a Google map, and I can I can tell you what I think Google or what Google map thinks. But it'd be nice to know because I guess I've never really thought about it. All right, we're gonna hit Scott's comment in the news in a minute. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. Stevie called right before the break, informed me. I'll have to tell Grant and WKTY. Hedgehog Bluff, it seems like, is the consensus since one person called me. Also had somebody text me too and say it was, I think, Hedgehog. I wrote it down. Hedgehog Bluff? Yeah, Hedgehog Bluff. So, but right above Central, does that sound right? Somebody call me and tell me all the bluff names. I know Granddad, and I'm looking at Google Maps, and there are a couple other ones. I'm sure all y'all know. Not all y'all, but some of y'all, right? Uh, Tim's calling in, I think. Tim? Yeah. Hey, Tim, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Hey, uh, probably 55 years ago or so, I lived on those bluffs up there. And the one that was all the way where the five-mile hill used to be, um, or wait, I take that back. It was out by... Kmart. We called Seven Springs because if you go back up on top of the bluff, there was Seven Springs that came out, and uh, we used to spend the whole day up there. The next one over by Central was uh, Seven Smokes. Okay. And there was a, a took, cave up there. Did it take seven cigarettes to get up there? Is that why it's Seven Smokes? <laughs> no, there's a cave up there, and if you light a fire in the cave, the smoke comes out in seven different places on the bluff. Oh, really? That's so much cooler, and now somebody's going to go start a fire up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, uh, so we used to cover all those, and, and that's what we always called them. That's what I was told years ago. Probably not the correct names for them, but um, that's that's what we always called well, them. Here's, so the one right above Schmidty's. I'm just, you know, kind of above, I guess, Central. Miller, there's Miller Bluff, and then right above that, it says Cliffwood Bluff, and then Granddad after that. What's that that addition, the big addition? Is that Cliffwood or Apple that um, you go out past Schmitty's, and it's the first uh, addition um, out there goes up towards the bluff. That's where we used to ride our bikes in. Mm -hmm. There wasn't hardly any of those houses there. 
uh, put our bikes there and, and start up the bluff there. And um, that's where seven springs were. There was a, a small spring that went up there, and there was uh, seven outlets out of the, the bluff where the water used to come out. And then the next one over going north um, was seven smokes. That's where that um, little cave is right yeah. on the point. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, okay. so I mean that's what cool. we all call them. I, I don't know if that's the official name or not. I'll tell, but that's, I'll tell that's Google. What we always call them. I'll send a little update to Google Maps. We'll get them updated. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks for the call, Tim. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. Uh, Eric from Sparta is calling. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, when I woke up this morning, it was 24 below zero over here at 5.30. By 6 o'clock, it was 29 below. And I was praying to God that it warms up. Well, eventually it did. And I have two outside cats. I got little shelters for them with heating pads in them. But one, the heating shelter was gut, so one <laughs> had to stay in her, her heating shelter. The other one had to go out in my big shed out there. But when I fed them at normal time, they both came back, and they were all happy as hell. And uh there's there's news ahead. Um, God bless those animals. Anyway, there's news ahead next. According to my phone, next Friday, Saturday, Friday, Friday is for 44 degrees. Saturday, 47. Not this weekend. The, the yeah. following week, a week from today. And anyway, I thought I'd yeah, pass that along for what it's worth. Anyway, yeah, throw some more food out when it's cold like this. I think all those animals like to uh, fill up, keep warm. Oh, I do. I, I I love them, man. I do all the time. I always do. All right, thanks Thank for the call, Eric. All right, who was that? <laughs> um, Eric from Sparta feeding his cats outside his house. I just have a couple of, I don't know if they're stray cats, but that's pretty cute. Uh, texter called in and said the government, uh, what are we, oh, this is, uh, we're, we're arguing about who built Bliss Road. And uh, I guess the argument is if the city or whoever the experts are, I don't, I'm not exactly sure who's, who's building the trail system or who would build it if the DNR would come in or if you hire someone or if it's the ORA or, but, uh, argument is, you know, whoever built bliss road, if they're the ones building the trail system, they better not do it because bliss roads, a disaster, but I, I don't know. Bliss road's been okay for a couple of years and clearly it's had its problems because it's a road up the bluff. It's going to wash out all the time. And, and maybe when they built that, Back in the day, um, well, he's texting and the government built it and it was built for the quarry to bring rock down. So, you know, that's why Bliss Road was there, apparently, from this texter. So you could imagine, you know, they have all your, you know, they're just <laughs> thinking about you when they're building roads like this, right? Or they're just building a quarry. Uh, another texter calls in. Tom says the cave was called, okay. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> That's not appropriate. I don't want to read that name. It's, it's a weird name for a cave. But uh, Fred text, texted in uh, just in terms of having a trail system in maybe in your backyard. He said they'll throw a lot of garbage. So, yeah, I would imagine that some people hiking in the trails would litter. But they're going to litter in other trails as well. So just don't have places for people to hike maybe we should stop littering <laughs> i mean i think a lot of people that use the trail systems and you know a i think they're pretty nature conscious 
and aren't littering. Also, there's a lot of people that are out there thinking like, you know, when they pass litter, they're picking it up. And there could be a there could be a system here too where you know at intervals throughout the the trails there's maybe garbage cans. I mean, it would be kind of difficult to clean those up, I'm sure. But I, I guess when I'm thinking about when I'm out in Hickson, I don't. I know there's a couple benches in places, but I'm not exactly sure if they have garbage cans out there. I understand that would be kind of annoying for someone to have to walk out there and grab a garbage bag and carry it back. But hey, you get in shape, maybe you know get a get a young parks and rec guy out there to do that they probably enjoy a little hike through through the woods on the way out but maybe not so much on the way back when they're carrying garbage um talked with grant bills a little bit about the houston astros cheating scandal which is really funny like just banging a garbage can in the dugout to tell you when uh when a curveball or something is coming uh did have a little bit of miller park news and you know they're they're going to rename that park American Family Park here pretty soon. But we'll go back to the phones. Caller, who's this? Is this Gary? Yeah, it's Gary. Hey, Gary, uh, go ahead. Well, I thought I'd call in, Rick. Just you know, there's a lot of different things going on here, and I thought you'd appreciate somebody who voted on this calling in. Yeah, definitely. Um, as, far, as far as the last comment about somebody littering in your backyard, it's not their backyard. It's a city parkland. Mm-hmm. They chose to buy land that uh, yeah, fronted city front uh, parkland. So when people think, well, you're littering in their backyard, it's not their backyard. It's the taxpayer's backyard. I think maybe the argument is there's no trails there right now. So there, there are be- trails. There, there are road trails, yeah. which will cause more problems. Right. And, and people like are those- literally walking through those trails. So they are also then going to be littering. But, you know, Rick, what, what turned me on this, I really got thinking, one, one, it, it's zone where they could put the access in. Two, I thought back years ago, and you weren't around then, but uh, a couple of different things happened over the years where when they did the Pamo Creek project, they put those trails in, and the neighbors along there were furious. They were having fits. They didn't want the hiking, biking trail behind their houses. The city paid for fences. They paid for the trail. And then as time went on, a lot of them who didn't want access to the trail with gates, they came back and asked for gates because they realized everything they said was going to happen didn't happen. Mm -hmm. They thought it would be trouble. They thought it would be drugs. They thought it would be kids. Now, if you go on those trails along Pamela Creek, it's great. It's a great trail. Then you go further before that was when we had the Lacrosse Country Club, and when the city took it over, the owners, the uh, people who were members of the Lacrosse Country Club, they put in there that this was going to, they had, a, I remember this to this day, they had. They bought a uh, full page on the back of the newspaper about how high taxes were going to be. And at the time, my mom and dad owned the tavern in La Crosse, and I worked there, and all these people came in, and they were mad at me because I said, well, I don't golf a lot, but it would be nice to be able to golf during golf. And they said, you know how much that's going to raise our taxes? It didn't raise our taxes. <laughs> well, so, again, you know, people... They just don't like change. And down the road, I, I believe what's going to happen is the people that live there, some are going to hate this. Some will learn to love this. But by the same token, again, it's bluff land. It's, it's city bluff land. And, and what do you do? I feel like some people are not even going to notice after it's all said and done. They won't even know that there's a trail system back there, except they drive by an access point every day. 
Right. They they really won't. And I, my first year in the street department, Rick, I plowed, and I that actually I was in a grader, and I had that was part of my plow route was that, and I go there. I used to have a friend who lived there, and he passed away a few years ago, and he's a very dear friend, and I love him to death, and we used to go pick him up, we do things, and and would drop him off from bus trips, Um, but as far as the line of sight, when they talk about you can't see people. My opinion, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. There's a apparently there's a petition with 600 six signatures to go against this, whether it's the rezoning of the trails themselves. Well, and a, a lot of them live on Third Street and Fourth Street, and there's also a petition from Aura, and I and I may be wrong in this, and I apologize if I'm wrong, but Aura also has a petition which is like a thousand or more. Well, I was going to so say, who, who, who do you give? Who do you give more? Right. Well, I mean, where, where do you decide who has? If you're going to come down to petitions, I mean, how does that, I mean, is that a vote? Well, I was going to say, if you put two petitions out there, one, hey, no no trails through the bluffs for hikers and bikers, and you put another one and said, are you for trails through the bluffs for hikers and bikers? I have a feeling that the general population is going to be like, yes, absolutely, more hiking and biking trails? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> well, and I, I will say this, though, Rick. I, I have said from the beginning, at, when I went to the park board meeting and went at J&A at the meeting last night, I think uh, part of the angst on this is there is a lot of um, people, they do not want to share trails with bikers. And I get that. And I have told the park department, I've said publicly numerous times, what we have to do is if this does go through, then we have a couple of more trails but we have to start to divide the trails and do a better job of enforcing. We have to have people who are out with their grandkids hiking or just elderly hikers or younger hikers, they have to feel safe when they're hiking. And then the people who, the mountain bikers, they have to have their trails and then they have to feel that they don't have to worry about hitting somebody. What? So I think we have, to find, we have to divide the trails and if we have some uh, shared use trails, that's fine. And then the people who go on the shared use trails, have to be aware that if they're hiking, there may be a bike, and the hikers have to be aware that there may be hikers. Well, what you just do if they're shared trails, you just have a garbage can or a can of some sort at the beginning entrance point of the trail for the curmudgeons. You have a bunch of sticks in there. They take a stick, and while they're walking, if a biker comes by, they just throw the stick in the spokes. That's all they do, Gary. I got a problem solved. <laughs> well, I guess that would work, but it, it a lot of it, you know, and Rick, I truthfully, last night, I had... I had changed my mind from J&A, and I was going to vote against the rezoning. But as I sat there and listened to different things, it's it really, the rezoning wasn't going to stop anything. I mean, the, the park board had decided that they were in favor of this. And the more I thought about it and thought back on some of the other fears, it just... <laughs> It, 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 it was an emotional vote. So you're and, using your experience. And, nobody, and, and I really, if any, of all the people, there's a few of us on council, I am one of them. I hate to disappoint neighborhoods. I mean, I, I think I've proven that with my voting record and different things. I have fought for neighbors having that they don't like change in their neighborhoods. But by the same token, there was, it's, you know... <laughs> It is parkland, and it does people. I don't know, Rick. It, it's it's what, <laughs> it's it, recreation. It's one of those that Gary, really, it's recreation. This when, is when, this is when lacrosse. People want, my people to run for council. This is one of those things because, truthfully, my first two years on council were a breeze. The last three years, it's been an emotional roller coaster. Yeah.
Then that's why you're going to go to the county board then. <laughs> It'll be easier. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to take on more. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. No, I was kidding. I, 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 I do enjoy trying to help people. And, but I'm just saying that you know, a lot of people, when, when they want to pick on whether it's county, city, or state, or whatever, it really is, you know, you know, people can look at somebody and say, oh, you did this, you voted this. It's very, it's very emotional. It's very hard, and you make those decisions. Yes, we decided that when we ran for that. I get that, and yeah. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it, it's it's very hard decisions, and we take these votes very seriously. Sure. All right, Gary. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Take care, Rick. All right, Be good. good. All right. We're gonna try to. Uh, you got a couple of people calling in, so I'll try to get these calls. Caller, who's this? Go ahead. Uh, this is Gary. Uh, the bluff uh, just east of the old Kmart Devon's Hedgehog, mm-hmm. the one that was south of that was Miller, and that cave that's uh, on Hedgehog, a bunch of us high school kids uh, dug that out. Uh, when we started, it was only the size of a fist. And over the course of four years in high school, it became the cave that it is now. Cool. All right. Thanks for the call. Thank you. All right. And uh, Clyde from the highlands of the city of uh, town of Alaska. Hey, Rick. How are you? I'm good. See, you know, uh, I was really excited about hearing about uh, all the people upset about uh, all these people in their backyard. But I was wondering, isn't there any way that a, uh, a pass could uh, like an annual pass could be charged for these people cuz like the mountain bike people they could afford like 100 bucks cuz you know their mountain bikes are like 2 grand a piece and uh, there's a way for the city to make money on this and i think that would help people uh, figure out that this is might be a better idea would you and, would you keep that and, to just bikes or would you make hikers use that as well well, I would say that hikers could probably have like a family pass at twenty five dollars a uh, a year, and that that should be uh, that, that that I think is reasonable it, because it has to be maintained, and nothing's free. But I want to say this: Gary Podesky calls in, and isn't he one of the most level headed, gracious? Uh, politicians that you've ever heard, he is would be such a great addition to the to the county board. I wish that I lived in his district because I would vote for him. Well, you'll just have to move from that Highlands of Alaska, Clyde. <laughs> well, I could also become a Democrat, and then it wouldn't really be a problem. I could vote not many times. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, thanks for the call. All right, we got to go. I think we got. I think I'm done. I think I'm done for the weekend. I'm sorry, Eric. Call number three, not today. But uh, well, let's see. What are we doing next week? We're talking to Eat Street next week. I know that. And and Keith will come in again on Thursdays. So that should be fun. Have a good weekend. And it's going to warm up. So you don't even have to really stay warm this weekend. See you guys.